Welcome to a series of netcasts brought to you by Yale University. This is Leslie Powell with the Yale World Fellows Program. Today we have Ana Paula Hernandez with us. Ana Paula is a 2010 Yale World Fellow who has worked right on the front lines of the struggle for human rights and drug policy reform in Mexico. For several years, she worked on the ground in the largely indigenous and very poor region of Guerrero, where she was deputy director of a human rights center. More recently, she has turned her attention to reforming Mexico's drug policy. Welcome, Ana Paula. Thank you, Leslie. I have to start with the obvious, given all the terrible news out of Mexico related to drug violence, particularly in places that have become famous, like Juarez. Is, in your view, the drug violence that we hear about in the news practically every day something really new, or is it more of a media focus nowadays? How do, how do we understand this? I think, unfortunately, it's it's definitely not new, but it's something that has increased and has gotten progressively worse in the past three or four years. Uh, we really are looking at a situation that has sort of a threefold violence phenomenon, where you have the cartels now. Before, you used to have two main cartels that basically divided up Mexico's territory, maybe a couple of smaller ones, but the territory was basically divided between the two. And now you have almost seven different cartels who are fighting for the main pathways into the United States. And this control, this fight over the control of territory has really increased the violence. And the fact that the government has declared this war on the cartels has also increased the violence. So you do have fights between the cartels for the control of territory. You have confrontations between the state and the cartels. And then you have a third phenomenon, which is really the infiltration by organized crime and the cartels of almost all structures of government. So many times, the confrontations we are also seeing are, although they appear to be between the state and the cartels, they might be between the cartels themselves as well. So we really have this this situation of increased violence. And how is it that they've gone from three to, say, seven different cartels. What was the process there? There have been just internal divisions. And, you know, before now, some of the cartels, for example, the Gulf Cartel used to have its own armed branch. Um, So really, it's, you know, the the people that really took the guns and, and fought the fight. And now that armed branch, which is the CETAS, has become its own cartel, for example. And there's just been, you know, internal divisions due to power. So the Beltran Leyva cartel also. Now you have the Sinaloa cartel, the Juarez cartel, other cartels that have come up in other parts of Mexico, not necessarily on the border, but more towards the center-south regions, such as La Familia cartel. And all of these cartels, again, are, are divisions of mostly the larger two cartels that, that originally existed back, back in the 2090s. So you would characterize the drug situation in Mexico as a war. That's the, a term you just used, a war. It, it, do you feel that there is actually a kind of so-called war on drugs going on? And if you use that terminology of war, what tactics and strategies are suitable for winning that kind of a war? I think there is a problem with the terminology of a war. I mean, we are definitely seeing a very a very bloody battle in Mexico, without a doubt. The problem with using the terminology of a war is that this then, of course, makes it okay, for example, to almost 
use other conditions that you do use in a war, like, for example, employing the army as your principal strategy, like, for example, suspending individual, individual guarantees and rights, or really making human rights take a backseat. So this is a problem. Although we're, we're really seeing a very bloody battle, what we're also seeing is that the, the situation in Mexico now has to do with some of Mexico's key structural problems, and it has to do also with issues of government gov- of governance and weak institutions. So we're not just talking, and this is the problem, and this has been the main problem now, is that being that all of the government strategy has focused as looking at this as a war, as putting the military on the streets, as putting human rights in the backseat. And what we're seeing is that, that this, not, this has not only not been effective, but we've has really increased the violence and the situation of human rights violations and vulnerability of the entire population. So we really need to refocus this as a very complex structural issue where we really need to look at strengthening Mexico's institutions, where we really need to see how human rights cannot take a backseat and needs to be fully respected and part of the solution. And again, we really need to look at lessons learned and very complex solutions for this situation. So you advocate, as I understand it, you advocate a, a drug policy for Mexico that emphasizes drug use prevention, drug abuse treatment, uh, and ultimately a human rights and, and public health approach, rather than a policy based mostly on law enforcement and criminalization and some of these you know, war-like techniques we've been discussing. How would you describe the state of affairs? Are they, is the government moving in that direction? Do they hear you? So unfortunately not. There have been, for example, Juarez, I think, is an example of of something that is happening. Juarez has become the most violent city in the world. Just this year, you've had over 7,000 people that are killed, and this continues every single day. It It is truly unbelievable, the levels of violence. And what we are seeing is that the government finally, at the beginning of this year, decided to launch a more comprehensive strategy in Juarez called We Are All Juarez. And unfortunately, it has not been very effective, but I think it does, that is the way that we need to be looking at this problem, a more comprehensive strategy that sees that you can't just fight this with military troops or police. That first of all, if you are going to have military troops on the streets, that they need to be accountable. So if they do commit a violation, they need to be brought to justice. That if you are, and that you do need, obviously, enforcement as part of your strategy, but that you need to look at the police and how you can, again, make them more transparent, make them more accountable, and really have a police reform that makes them effective. Many of the police that are fighting this fight um, you know, are, are living very terrible working conditions, don't have life insurance, don't get good salaries. So this is part of the problem problem that makes them be extremely inefficient. Um, you need to look at judicial reform. For example, part of the situation also is that many of the crimes that are happening, many of these thousands and thousands of killings are being brought, being brought to justice. And what we're seeing is that there are many people that are being detained, but very few of them that are actually ending up, for example, with a sentence and in jail. Um, so we need to look at, at judicial reform as well. How can we make this more effective? How can also we can target not just the cartels, but again, all of the of the members of, of government, of Congress, all of the businessmen that are part of this, that have become accomplices of the cartels, that are part of this of this phenomenon of organized crime. And going back to the to the we are all Juarez strategy of the government, we also need to look at the social issues that are involved in this problem. You know, for example, in places like Juarez. You know, the youth of Juarez don't have many options. They don't have jobs. There is 
you know, the, the violence that you're living in some of these communities have really torn apart the, the, the communities, the, the social fabric of, of these cities. So we also need to look at how we can create options, how we can improve education, how we can make these communities really take part in the solution. Um, and I think that that is sort of what we're talking about when we're talking about a comprehensive strategy. So we're not saying don't fight the cartels. We're not saying that enforcement is not a part of the strategy, but it cannot just be the sole one. Do you feel that you've been able to make an impact of any kind in your work and uh, in the work of those that you work with and so forth? Or if I can ask the question a slightly different way, can you make a real difference as a civil society advocate on this issue? Is it possible to penetrate this discussion and change things? I think it's a, it's, a, it's a very tough issue, but I do think that you're able to make an impact, and I would say that impact is on two levels. The first one, and this is one of the things that the organizations that I work with, particularly the Collective for an Integrated Drug Policy, has really tried to do, is to put this debate and this approach on the table. Um, so again, pulling the debate out of just it being you know, sort of a, a, a body count of how many people have died in, in, in this in this you know drug war of Calderons, but really saying, okay, we really need to look at this comprehensive strategy. We'd really look, need to look at alternatives. We really need to look at other countries and what lessons have, have been learned in other places. We need to look at the possibility for legalization, for example. So putting this debate on the table, trying to put it in public opinion, trying to put it in the media, that is one level that I think we've, we've started to to have an impact on and that, that we really need to strengthen and really needs to continue. And I guess the other aspect is just looking at more of the local sort of smaller initiatives, but that can hopefully build up and have a greater impact. So what we're trying to do now, for example, is go to Juarez and try to support some of the local community groups and leaders that are working there. So it might be very small things. So it might be building a library in the community so that the youth gets involved and doesn't necessarily join the ranks of the cartels. It might be looking at the people that are carrying out harm reduction programs on the border and needle exchange programs. It might be looking at the local organizations working with kids and in school with a more honest drug prevention strategy. Um, and I think it's, it, it is sort of a bottoms-up uh, uh, approach. And in addition, you know, working also to change the policy. But that is certainly a more long-term thing that we need to look at. But we can't ignore these other short-term things that would need to happen. Good luck, Ana Paula. <laughs> Thank you, Leslie. It's been wonderful talking with you today. Thank, Thank you, you so much. Thank you for sharing with us.